0: their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else than anyone else we need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast we want to be special but we're not quite there yet it's the Zenial odyssey podcast with remy and bobby rocks Today is today's Christmas. It is October 1st. Oh fuck. Give me a second.
1: Cancel the gifts.
0: Well, the thing that sucks is I usually post that uh techno version of spooky scary skeletons on October 1st. Spooky
1: scary skeleton. It's it's a joy. Dude, I learned how to play it on guitar. It's it's just too perfect. Yeah,
0: it's it's one of my favorite things about this time of year. (laughs) The fucking noise Mm. of like the tumbling bones. But you know what also comes with this time of year?
1: Seasonal depression.
0: Yeah, it definitely starts. And on a day like today, so it's Saturday, it's October 1st, 2022. Here we are in New England. It's
1: blustery. Listen, it's blustery outside. It's like maybe 50,
0: 55 degrees. It's raining. It's the kind of day that makes you want to stay in bed with your bird. Do you know what I did this? I had a lot of errands I had to do at home. Errands I had to do at home. Wash the dishes, do laundry. Yeah. Life assignments. So do you know what I did is I put on songs of faith and devotion by Depeche Depeche Mode start to finish yeah yeah I listened to the album start to finish now granted yes it's my favorite album by them but it to me it was like fitting with today's vibe my vibe of today agreed it's a very so I figure what we can do is we could talk about the changing of seasons but we could tie it into mental health how about that
1: yeah you know I think that's actually one of the overarching themes on the show is we're a couple yeah. of
0: crazy dudes who are trying to reach other crazy people so they don't feel so crazy. As I jokingly said to you on the ride up here, we backstory before I kinda say the punchline of that joke. We sit here and we we have advocated that men need to be more open about mental health issues. Men need to be allowed to men be need to more be allowed open. to, but we also have to allow ourselves to. Yeah, and and we talked about that in the Fight Club episode from season one. We talked about it, in a lot of things we've talked about our own uh, struggles uh, with mental illness. But at the same time, like we should just do an episode dedicated to that, where we could talk about our own experiences, we could talk about just things we've seen, conversations we've had with men, conversations that I've had, I had with like uh, my friend Jason Cox. So back to the punchline, yeah, the ultimate punchline that. encapsulates this like episode can be that scene from the first Deadpool where Negasunga teenage, teenage warhead just makes fun of him when he shows up at the uh, Xavier mansion and he said and he goes ha fake laugh hiding real pain yeah, yeah that's, that's that's us right there
1: I think that that's also to, to you know to bring it around to the name of the podcast and those of us between you know X and millennials. I think it's really pertinent. I do. And I, I think that, you know, like like you had said, we never shied away from it. As a matter of fact, I'd say we embrace it because at the heart of all things, okay, let's just be humans for a minute, period, everybody listening. But at the heart of all things, I think an inherent desire to feel okay in your skin and to start the dialogue because, yeah, in the last few years, the mental health dialogues opened up huge. It's remarkable. But now we need to unlearn the men that we've learned to bottle that shit and to never show emotions because that's just not, that was ne- kind of frowned upon. We have to reteach that generation, our generations, and new young generations of men and women to be able to be like, now there's a line here, Bobby. Like, you can say I'm fucked up, but if you're doing t- 36 TikToks about how you are bipolar disorders, cute and quirky, and it makes you into the manic pixie
0: dream girl or whatever. That's a problem. It's okay to say you're not okay, but what's not okay? And we've talked. You you brought this up on. I think you brought it up on the sexual revolution episode. That's going to. That's it was earlier in in season two, yeah. where people make mental illness into fashion through TikToks High fashion, and reels, no. and that's where it crosses a line that it doesn't need to cross.
1: Yeah, I mean, you even like. Look at someone like, you know, and this is no disrespect to me, but someone like Pete Davidson. It's clearly kind of like, every time I look at him, I'm like, oh, he looks like I look on the nights when I do fucking coke back in like 10 years ago. But he's just barreling his way through all the Hollywood pussy right now. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I think a lot of it's got to do with the idea of clinching your, because his dad died in 9-11. He's been through some shit. I think there's this weird thing of like hitching your cabin to people to either help them or expl- i don't know i feel like with him it's kind of getting off topic but a lot of those women i think they want to save him but that's what i mean he's romanticized right now a lot so of women we- in hollywood want to fuck that man
0: so i have a structure in my in my head for this episode okay yeah hear me out whether i talk about it first or you talk about it first we both can talk about our experiences with mental health i can like- i explain this Oh, cause I, okay. You can, no, no, no. Okay. That's fine. Well, just I'll, because of, I'll talk about myself. Like, Well, no, I, I'd I, like to
1: do it with you, but it's, oh, okay. to me, it's right. going to be way too heavy to go from like, right. cause, cause my
0: mental health, man, I've been in mental hospitals twice. So know? I'm going to, I'm going to sum, I was going to summarize kind of like my, for me, this is my opinion. The benefit of being middle-aged is perspective. Oh, yeah, so I can look back and I get perspective on certain things where when I was experiencing them in the moment, I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with me or what is this?" And really, that's what I that's what I mean by like kind of the backstories and things like that. And then I want to tie it into just current things because I just think it's too it's too good of a thing to not go three hours on one Sunday. I know Saturday, I know. And we can always do other episodes on this, but really, just uh I want to tie it into something you just said because I want to tie it into a positive thing about, How available everybody is through social media and and whatever. Because I think of like what Jim Carrey, when he came out and he said that thing right after he retired, quote unquote, retired from acting, where he said, like, he said, like, I thought like successfulness and all the money in the world would. None of it's real. Yeah. Yeah. would, uh, Would make me feel better and it didn't that's ultimately where I would uh, kind of tie it. Cause I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for these people with status. I don't want to say power because yeah, it is what it is though. We can call it. They get it. it is. They get it. Cause we give it to them like that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So if, if you want, like I'll just talk about myself and you could, we'll do our usual. We'll have a, we'll have the segue break however the fuck long it is however long I choose it to be and then we'll come back I'll kind of talk about it so you can get a feel for how I'm going to talk about it to let you know that it doesn't necessarily have to be that deep all right I'm going to tie in things that are other themes that we've talked about in other episodes especially this season but yeah for everybody else we're going to go to we're going to cut cut a quick break and then I'm going to come back and we're going to jump off from there I want to first off, I want to preface this. I want to start it off by saying that I'm going to tie this part of it into like the whole boomer mindset, but also 80s pop culture, movies, things like that. Nice. So, what I mean by that is think about this. Do you know what I mean when I say schema? Like, we all have our schemas. It's like, like ba- basically, like, our how we how we interpret the world, how we all get,
1: yeah, it's essentially how we take it,
0: more so how we take it in than how we give it. Right, yeah. right. It's our reaction to, yeah. but it's based off of like our upbringing. And for us, we were like that. We were a generation that was uh raised on TV. Now there was good and bad with that. I mean, let's be honest, Sesame Street, Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, like that's the good.
1: Yeah, man, honestly.
0: But then there's the bad. Muppet Muppet show. Yeah, yeah, but then but then there's the bad, and the bad is the Hollywood's like just creating these idealisms and and le- making you think that they're real. Boys so, don't cry. Yeah, yeah. So now mix in there because they wear boomers like boomer producers and directors and all that. But now mix in there, be having boomers for parents. Perfect where they, storm. Where they create that idealism and ignore like all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, Re- realities
0: and. And I go back to my parents basically laying out a bl- blueprint, like benchmarks at this point in your life, this, 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 this. And yeah, I mean, early on, and I'm talking about when I'm like 12, 13 years old, I'm realizing I'm diverting from the path. So you get that, you get that, uh, inner turmoil, yeah, that inner distress, like, cause you want to, it's even almost like, you know,
1: inner distress, but it's like you, a yellow flag comes yeah. up within yourself.
0: I'm straying from the path. How do I get back on the path? Because I've been told if I'm not on the path, I'm a failure. And what can, and then th- for other reasons and and this is where I we're not gonna go as deep no, no, as, you think, like as you think as you think we do, I started to experience my first instances where I, I had depression. All right, so let me be the other voice for you. Got me. it. So
1: please, obviously, what was that you said 1213 mm-hmm. one? It must have felt so foreign because it's never been talked about. Yep. So you got a disease that you had no reference for. Yep. So how did you know you were sad? What Kind of, was the sadness initially you recognized in depression, or did the sadness stay?
0: The sadness stayed. Okay. So, yeah, please just... And I, and I did have periods where it would alleviate, which is, as I got older, where I realized I had persistent depressive disorder, formerly known as dysthymia, Yeah, which is, I, I've half-jokingly called depression light, but it's anything but. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, that's, but see, right I, there, like, so I I don't, co-
1: you coping with it. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't get manic episodes. Yeah. yeah. And With dysthymia, you tend not to, so I get longer so for people who are bipolar they have those literally those polar That's me. swings i can tell these people you know, stories going, Manic
1: depressed yep. manic depressed
0: now how long do they usually if you
1: don't mind me no asking, not at all i first let me say i have to frame my manic episodes as i'm incredibly creative and i'm blessed to be so when other people have stripped off naked and jumped in mall fountains and done stuff that was far more self-destructive to them mm-hmm. i would take ecstasy and lock myself in my fucking apartment and record 150 songs some of which you've heard because i but but it wasn't always like that when when i was younger it was breaking windshields punching through walls it was breaking controllers but all that came from a sadness that i didn't understand yeah, yeah. but um and, and then the, like you said it's two episodes and it's interesting because you learn to appreciate and hate both of them some people are like well i love my manic episodes I don't know if I believe that because when you're having a manic episode, it feels like you're driving in a car that you don't have the controls or Mm -hmm. the gas for. For me, manic episodes for some people can last months. For me, now that I recognize it, fuck a night. I was gonna ask you how long how long do depressive episodes last?
0: So they also a are just, night? The, no. no, yeah.
1: Unfortunately mm. for me, or I've learned to recognize the manic, so I don't do something really impulsive, fuck one of my friends' moms or something. I've learned to recognize it and really um, stop and switch. And that's the other thing for me is I, I can't. Some people can be like, oh, two weeks of the month, I'll be this. Two weeks of the month, I'll be that. For me, it's a crapshoot generally, you know? But but I, I can tell you that I control the manic episodes better than I can control the depressive.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you know off the top of my head what the longest depressive episode that I went through was? No, I mean, I can't even speculate. Yeah. Three years. yeah can you imagine that
1: I, well I like, i can because
0: well can you imagine that i'm still here no
1: well i can <laughs> yeah. like there's a reason we're doing yeah, this together but like i know when i was you know i've talked about my, when i was 22 my buddy killed himself mm-hmm. and that and then i had to move out on my own which i barely could afford then and bro i swear to god when you're depressed that long you feel like a ghost haunting a house
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yep. you just there's nothing food doesn't make you smile you don't care what the fuck you watch or if you're staring at a blank screen yep you generally want to be in bed more than anything else because doing nothing feels more normal in bed.
0: Yeah, I would say, so back to when I was about 13 years old. Yeah. I don't remember having to take naps. I don't remember uh, up to that point in my life, like having moments during uh, the changing of seasons where I just got that point that tired where I had to take naps. I don't I don't remember it. Yeah. It's, it started when I was about 13 years old and i've gone through periods where it doesn't happen and is that how you know is that one of your tells like oh i'm in this mm. or do you already know when no, i it already happens? know okay i already know when it happens i've but i've also had periods where i don't feel like that and those were great cuz i i've always been looking for this is the this is the part of me that i've i've uh, sworn off the idealism part of it yeah um i've always been looking like can i get back to the mindset the emotional feelings of like before this started and that's never going to happen. It's never, it's gone. It's gone. So it's, there's a part of me that has to mourn that, that it's gone. And I'm just, it's where I go from here. The biggest thing that, uh, takeaway I have from my depressive episodes was just my apathy. Mm. That's just the feeling of apathy. So for people who don't understand what I mean, it's there's empathy, which is where you can feel for other people emotionally. You could put yourself in their shoes but when i would be in the grips of the depression let, a, let alone for myself i just felt like a void
1: now keep in mind it doesn't people need to understand he doesn't mean he went Dahmer. no, no nothing no, like no. that
0: but it, like that's the reason the comparison i made
1: beforehand just before you get back to it like the zombie comparison yeah you're walking through a scene i'm existing you're existing yeah barely
0: and if you've never for anyone out there who's never experienced existing that that is uh i there it's beyond words it's beyond it's like words how in, it's, tor- it's torture.
1: It's like sitting in a hot tub of piss. Ugh, just pure piss. Like, that's what I mean. Is this just constant oh,
0: that's, discomfort? It's very, uh, That uh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't even know how to, to respond to that. i right. I mean, that's, that's it. But that's what it's all like. Right. You squirm in your skin, you know? So let me ask you, Bobby, um, if, if you're okay with it, when when was or is or what was, what was the last time you felt your depression in a way where you were like, ah,
0: fuck. Three years ago.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. You, you got a breath of it from it.
0: A- yeah. Well, it's because I, that's also when I started medication for yeah. it. Yeah. I had, yeah, I, I started experiencing at the, around 13 years old, and I did not get on medication for it until I None was 36.
1: Did. Well, I, I went in my 20s, but I was way ahead. Yep. When I got shit, when I got diagnosed as bipolar, it wasn't even a fucking buzzword. Mm hmm. Like, honestly, and now it's like, oh, okay, we're all good. We're all in this together.
0: And in between there, there were moments where I had great experiences, but at the same time, going back to that theme that emerged, especially like with Boomer Parents and Benchmarks. So then there would be uh, well, you'll grow out of it.
1: Oh, 100%. Or,
0: oh, well, the brain doesn't stop developing until you're 25. and then, But it's like, then when I got there and things didn't change. Oh, the yeah the dread yeah the dread that that seeps in and what that did to my self-esteem and all that but bro even that once you say that i listen to that as someone who's told that too
1: and it's so fucking dismissive yeah and it's yeah it's disrespectful like oh listen or my the one i got more than you apparently just because you didn't put it in the line but you may have is oh no uh, no i i understood the stigma no i'm saying the the shit i got from my family that maybe you did it was the oh but look at your life live in plymouth this house is beautiful like what what the fuck is so depressed i got a
0: lot of that from my dad not Man. as direct as that but uh, there was dancing around it at times then, from, the, from the, people the, the close cr- to me the crazy end of that story is that he got depression once he got older when he right before
1: he got his alzheimer's which makes sense and he said to me oh i get it now yeah and you almost don't want him to yeah because i'm like i yeah. didn't want you to ever but he's like i get it you, now you're just sad. No. Yeah. For, like, for, that's it. Exactly. That's what nobody can get. Whether, whether
0: Bobby's Song with his depression, mine, most people's, you're just sad. I would never wish when I felt at those depths, I would never wish that upon anybody. Never. I would never wish that. upon. Do
1: anybody. you want to know what that NUE sounds like? Listen to a DMX album and then an Alice in Chains album. That's all you got to do for music because you can hear the pathos in the people who struggled, you know? And I think me and Bobby's music was a huge fucking savior for both
0: of us as was uh marijuana oh yeah i was gonna ask you yeah i was gonna ask you self medicated this is perfect i was gonna say what was your first crutch mine was marijuana. no i I do want to say this because even though i had you know we've talked about this before i even though we have boomer parents i did have a supportive home environment i don't want to miscast it yeah i don't want to miscast it either because if i didn't have it i probably would have been worse off
1: oh definitely would have been bro
0: the yeah. foundation of love like
1: listen my dad didn't get it but he loved me unconditionally yeah. my mom didn't get it but she yeah. tried
0: my siblings could have tried harder but either way I agree with you completely I don't want people to think we're saying we're from broken homes no 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 and I I truly feel like that that helped keep me alive but then yes I was introduced to marijuana when I was around 13 years old yeah and I remember the first time I got high
1: let's tell our stories because mine's great yeah yours is gonna be gray.
0: yeah So the first time I got high, this is how vividly I can remember it. Mm-hmm. It's the summer. So it's, we'd been out of school for like a week and yes, my brother introduced me to it. No, he, um, but I had asked yeah, and he yeah, said, yeah. so my works. brother was 16 when I was 13 and we had, so I had tried before. And and it, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard that? Bro, that's yeah, part a, of my story. It's a, yeah. It's a real, it's a real thing. So 100%. it took me about three tries. It took me three or four. Yeah. So we, uh, we smoked we rolled a joint. Uh, we we smoked. We're sitting at the kitchen table that's uh, right outside this dining room. And then all of a sudden I got this uh, feeling uh, of warmth. Now it was a hot day, but it wasn't, it, no, wasn't I know, I know. it wasn't a oppressive warmth. It was like a, this is nice. And then I started almost to feel like a breeze that was blowing against me. And that breeze blew a smile onto my face. For, and then I started. For 30 years. Yeah. And then I started chuckling and then uh, he said my eyes got bloodshot and- uh, it lasted for probably about 30, 45 minutes. It was great.
1: Yeah. My my story's similar, you know, and it's like my buddy Dwayne was Jamaican, which makes my story so cliche. Yeah. But um, so he was the one initially was like, listen, when I go to New York on the weekends, like basically to little Jamaica, we smoke, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you want to smoke at some point? And I'm like, you seem pretty fucking cool, dude. So you know what? This might be my chance to finally be cool because I've been such a pud. And he keeps bringing it over like once a week and it doesn't work the first three weeks. Now he gets stoned. I'm so jealous. He looks so happy. Then he eats my food and shit. Mm-hmm. Then it's, it's, it's like the third or fourth. And we're, I remember my dad's basement in Plymouth. We have the basement door open. My dad's going to be off all day. And we have like a corncob
0: pipe because that's just. A corncob pie? That's pipe. Oh, pipe. Okay. Okay. All right. All
1: right. <laughs> that um, was good, bro. I was going to
0: be like a corncob pie. That sounds oh, gross. God, but I'm I mean, do you like corn? No. My dad used to have a corncob pipe. I think it's pretty. It's pretty stereotypical. It, it that is
1: somebody you know has a corn cob pipe, and like so, you know, we smoked it, and I remember just like you said. For me, I was in the doorway, and I, I realized I'm like, oh, this shit's hitting. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, I said, and I swear this, and I told this to him, and I was like, oh fuck, because it was the first time I think in the last five years up to that point when I felt stress free. Yeah. It was the first time yeah. I felt normal, and I said to him, I'm like. I'll never forget this because I cast my shit in stone. I said to him, first time smoked, I looked at him. I said, Oh bro, this is going to be a problem. Oh, what? (laughs) Wow. Just because I knew I would want to feel that way 24 hours a day. I knew that. That's what I
0: mean. So as I got older and I was in my late teens and stuff, and and I, that's when I went through the longest period of, of depression. I, I honestly feel like because stress comes along with that. Mm. Uh, I actually, when I was about 21 years old, Started losing my facial hair. Oh, alopecia. Yeah. So, and I went to a doctor. That's a great story in and of itself. I'm surprised you didn't mention it during the Jada Pinkett Smith I know. episode. I know. Yeah. So, I actually at one point, I I lost patches like here, here, like I couldn't even grow a goatee. Keanu who has it? Keanu Reeves. Really? Yeah. Look at his beard oh. next time you see that motherfucker. And so I went to I went to my doctor because, and I think that that was related to the depression. And you know what you know what cured it for me? Getting getting shots of uh, cortisol in my face. Wow. Yeah. You know. Or cortisone, cortisone. Yeah, well, that's yeah. and it took about six months, but he uh, can grow this lovely beard you see. Needles in the face. Yeah, needles to the face. Yeah, he actually went and got uh, an intern to look at me because he's like, "You may not come across this in your career." Hey, and he's like, "Hey, do you mind?" And I was like, well, I kind of came here for solutions, so yeah, whatever." Yeah, let's do it. I up. signed the paperwork. It's fine. But anyway, yeah. So when I was in my late teens and I went through the longest period of of the depression, that is when. I was using like marijuana heavily, recreationally. And what that did is it got me to socialize because especially up to that point, when I would start to dip, I would isolate. And that's the worst thing. Yeah, it is. Because it's just, it just feeding itself, you yep. know? And that allowed me to socialize. It would reduce my inhibitions in a in an appropriate way. No, oh, no, I know what uh, you mean, alcohol reducing your inhibitions is, is not a good thing, but marijuana is because it's like- You're just chilling. Yeah, it's when you're relaxed. And by pure chance, I would get- uh I always mix them up which is which one is cbd heavy sativa or indica oh it doesn't go that way i know they both i know it exists but but uh like uh one of the plants tends to have like more dominant CBD. So that's the one you get more of the relaxing feeling. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And then the other one. It wakes you up. It wakes you up. Like I was talking with my friend Jason and he said like, he doesn't like to do, is it sativa that would make you more alert? Yeah. I never do sativa. Yeah. So like, yeah, just by chance I'm doing indica heavy strains or indica dominant strains. Yeah. Because of that yeah, because if I was getting paranoid and all that, that wouldn't that yeah, wouldn't no, help. I, I hear you, man. I yeah. don't like that, but I mean, you know, at least there's an option for people. Yeah, but uh, ultimately, 2019. Let's. I'm really fast fast forward here. 2019. I've no, I noticed in my 30s that uh, I yeah I, I likely had seasonal depressive disorder too. For again, for people in the Northeast. For people who are not in the Northeast, where the sun sets in the middle of the winter at four in the afternoon, yeah, people like that is that. that is terrible when you don't get sunlight. And then January, and February, you're <laughs> adding no sunlight, no vitamin D. To and the you can't fact. get outside. You can't be active. You can't.
1: You're just stuck. It's negative five degrees. Uh so anyway, you. So I mean, more on that though. So a lot of people up here do suffer yep. from sad seasonal affective yeah. disorder.
0: And uh, in my thirties, it has gotten worse. So you you factor that into I was burnt out at my job. I should have left, but I didn't literally at the same time. My, my father was on dialysis. His kidneys had had gone and his, his health was fading, but he was putting on a front mm-hmm. like he was doing better than he was. And then my mom, they found a mass in my mom. And then literally three weeks later, my father's dead. And then two weeks after that, my mom's at, uh, I think Beth Israel in wow. Boston, getting the surgeries to remove, That's scary to remove cancer. And then I left my job. I went to another job, and then in between all there, I got myself in some legal trouble, and so there was a possibility I could go to jail. Just quick,
1: like just to put it out, it's nothing weird, guys. It's job related. Don't worry about it.
0: So all that now, all everything I just described, yeah, happened literally within seven months.
1: Those are those I, moments that i are gonna that, try to
0: test you. Yeah, and then uh, there was uh, just just there were like issues going on at home and my, you know, my wife and I were just having, uh, an argument and, and she was kind of like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'd never told her. And then finally I told her how I was feeling. And that was very cathartic. I I had never, I had never opened up like that to people. Yeah. Now, if you've never experienced something like that, like if, if people have never been to therapy, the only way I can describe it is that when you have that moment, that breakthrough moment in therapy where you're just exposed to the world where your defenses are gone and you have that momentary like fight or flight kicks in because you're like, oh my God, well, not this. Yeah. But because it was a supportive thing. And then from there, I went to my doctor and talked to my doctor. And luckily he didn't, uh, he didn't section me.
1: No, I know. for a 72 I, I, that, hour eval yeah that's always scary
0: but uh unfortunately because i went to school for psychology and and development and i did learn about medications so he was trying to do the doctor thing like all right so i'm gonna give you like a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor inhibitor i don't know if you ever heard about i like yeah an ssri yeah. yeah you're gonna give me a mood stabilizer and he's like, oh? Oh. and he goes oh you know and i'm like yeah but i didn't want to steal your thunder dog you love you getting know, smugged to yeah. doctors I, well I tried really hard since I was in a, I was in a crisis. So I <laughs> dialed it back. typical, typical me in a crisis. And I still got to have my biting cynicism and sarcasm. So nihilism, um, sir. But anyway, I know you and I have talked about this off the air. So he put me on an SSR, right? Specifically, he put me on Zoloft mm-hmm. and he started me on 50 milligrams, which is ticked the quote unquote, like effective dose. hmm I at one point got up to 100 milligrams. And while I don't have the dips, I uh, it doesn't take the feelings completely away, but it's, not, not can, that I thought it would, but. but you can say
1: if you think that it softens them, that's okay, yeah,
0: yeah. That, so, so it's better now at the same time cuz this is something you and I've talked about this is something I've talked about with my friend Jason I equate it to an MP3 okay yeah so what I mean by that for everyone when when they want to know yeah when when you want to know what I mean by that what I mean is SSRIs selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors yeah they take away the 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 dips but they also take away the high like the the, the natural things like think about something that would make you elated a wedding birth of a birth of a child cat video a a cat yes kitten mittens you know that that would do it for me but it takes so it takes so so it it might smile whereas you used to laugh yeah but it it doesn't it takes it narrows your your uh spectrum of emotions but it needs to and it needs to but uh i miss i miss having a wider range of emotion i do And that's why I equate it to an MP3 player or an MP3, because what I mean by that is when we got in, when technology advanced and we went digital with music,
1: something was lost. And we,
0: yeah, we compress music. How do we do that? We cut out the highs and the lows, and we just get the middle. And then what do they do to make up for it? They jack up the volume. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, to me, that's like a as close to an apples to apples comparison that I can make. Mm -hmm. And while I. I started, and I did this on my own, so my doctor would probably get upset. But I started going back down yeah, on my own. So I'm back down to 50 milligrams. There you go. And I haven't... I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily condone people self-administering. No, you, you should but. do... You should... what? I, what I'm doing, don't... This is my disclaimer. Don't do that without at least talking to your doctor first. Because there can be adverse consequences to that. Yeah. You're, we're just telling our personal stories. Yeah. Yeah. And now... People may be listening to this and they're going, what the fuck is a selective serotonin? Here, here is how I break it down in simple terms for everybody. So my brain chemically does not produce enough serotonin. That's Man, what. Wait, wait.
1: Mansplaining with Bob. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, but for example, if you, if someone says, and you have no knowledge, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, what does that mean to you? No. <laughs> That's all it means. You know your shit. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. But, uh, so essentially for people who don't know, like at the basic, like atomic level of our brains, there's areas of our brains that produce chemicals and then like a and they look like puzzle pieces and they fit into receptors, other parts of our brains. And that's how literally our brain cells communicate with one another. And that is how we think we process things. That's how our bodies work. That's how we have emotions. And so serotonin is a very important chemical that our brains produce. It helps us regulate our sleep. It helps us with our moods. It helps us with fight or flight. It helps us with a lot of things. So when you, so when you don't, when you don't have a lot of, when you have a lack of serotonin available, that's a, it's, it's why like mood changes. It's why there's all this stuff. So essentially the med that I'm on blocks. So, because what happens is that part of your brain that releases the chemicals also absorbs it when it's done. So what the medication I'm on does is it blocks the receptor's ability to reabsorb it. So it's just readily available. And that part of the part can take it. And then it's still kicking out it's kicking out serotonin. And and the idea is that over time, there's more serotonin available. So it'll... It'll balance more. Yeah, it'll balance things out.
1: Yeah. Well, so what's been your experience? I mean, are you are you reducing your intake because
0: you're planning on stopping it or? I'm reducing it because... Uh, there are side effects also as a, as a side, it's like, okay, I'm, go- I've been on hundred milligrams for two years. So what happens if I go down to 50? Yeah, no, I mean, like what's to see this and, and, and I'm doing it at the same time that the season's changing and there's less sunlight. Don't set yourself up. No, for no, failure. no, 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 no. So I'm not going to go completely off of it in the winter time. if yeah. I do go off of it, but I know we watched and I, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Cause on the next episode, we're going to have my friend. Jay on. And we're going to talk about that Netflix series, you know, how to change your mind and the psychedelics. And you know what? Maybe, maybe that's something that, that's an avenue I would go. And, and I don't want to go any more in depth in there because yeah, I have, have to. I have thoughts that I just want to say for that episode with the both of you here. Fair. Yeah. So, uh, what are, do you have experience with either uh, SSRI medications or medications? And, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and how do they make you feel? When I first realized that I was depressed
1: and was going to get um, medicated, I didn't know enough about it personally, and uh, I do think the first one—I think the first one they throw at a lot of people is Zoloft for whatever reason. And um, I mean, you know, I'm,
0: I'm sorry, Zoloft—the gateway drug of mental health,
1: for real though. So, I, you know, I remember, like you said, it's 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 almost like a softening on the, of the stereo, and I didn't like—I didn't necessarily love it. But my thing is this. I tried them all because I was like, all right, I want to find one that one's going to work for me, two, that's going to, like, I was really gunning for the least amount of side effects because Mm -hmm. I knew that if this thing worked, I was going to be on it for the rest of my life. Yep. Um, And so I went through a lot. I I had a couple really, like, I always tell people like, listen, if Prozac's your thing, that's great. I and quite a few friends have had psychotic breaks on, not immediately, but when we've been on it for like a year and a half. It's one of the craziest shits I've ever felt in my life. Like you wake up fucked, like just a sickening urge of self destruction that you have no, almost, almost no control over. So I tried Prozac twice. I tried a bunch. What I ended up settling on is Selexa. Selexa for me was without question, I'm like, okay, doesn't make me wanna punch people. It doesn't make me want to cry. It's it's a medium for me. Yeah. And I quickly realized like all oh, my body parts still worked. I wasn't getting fatter or skinnier from it. And that for me, yeah, I've been on that shit for years. Like to the point where I'm like, because I have the same question as like, what would happen if I just stop? But I from my own experiences, at least for me, that's not how you do it. At least for me at this yeah. point. Yeah. You know, I mean, I may ask, but then again, I'm still fucking depressed. So my thought is this: if my depression right now is at 20 out of 100, it would be at 70 every day if I didn't have assistance. You know, now we add with that my use of psychedelics for healing, which we'll get into more. You know, you match with that, your personal outlets, whether or not you find religion. There are a lot of variables that affect your daily disposition. But what we need to understand is the chemical shit in our head is set in stone. It's chemical. And it was insane because there was such a stigma with these things. Like, if there was a depressed member of your family, like family would be like, oh, Uncle, so and so is a little strange. Like, there's just a sti- he's sad. Yeah, but there's just like a fucking stigma, mm-hmm. you know.
0: was weird it was harder to tell my mom when i did get on medication than it was to tell my doctor oh well, no why though that yeah.
1: makes total sense yeah it's your mom dude. but
0: but honestly yeah because there is that there's gonna be like that moment is it something i did yeah of course a typical yeah boomer yeah <laughs> i'm sorry but it's true like, like but, but but spoiler alert it totally was yeah but this was the thing that was really reassuring oh what did they put you on Oh, you're, yo, oh, this relative's on that. This relative's oh, on course. that. And I'm not, I'm not on that, but I, you know, I have anxiety. So I take it. And that was very like, wow. Okay. That's very comforting. And they're De-stigmatizing like, stigmatizing. Oh, yeah. It. yeah. And that was very huge. So we had to wrap a bow on what we're talking about here. Cause believe it or not, we've gone 36 minutes. We haven't gone too, too heavy. I, I haven't it. gone too, too deep. Uh, wrap it up in a bow. I mean, cause ultimately I feel like this episode is us being brave and talking about our experiences be- yeah. for for the mental health awareness for, for men and letting other men out there know. and I, but I, I think an episode like this is good for ladies too because oh yeah i don't anyone i
1: really don't want anyone ever thinking that this is um gender specific oh yeah this isn't
0: this isn't the man show we can
1: speak out to we can speak out to men because we are we can't necessarily speak out to or on behalf of women but we can factor them in but yeah don't think that we're saying only men get depressed and don't think that we're saying one gender is the other reason for getting depressed we're just saying it's time to talk about this across the board and that doesn't mean fucking getting a tattoo that says bipolar and hot it doesn't
0: mean we need to create without the satire. We need to create that testicular cancer group from Fight Club, <laughs> and and what I, what I really mean by that is that like support group. From, yeah. But what I mean by that is that was in hindsight, it's very touching that like two men embracing and broke you know broken spirits and just open and raw. And we need more environments like that for men. Oh, no, I agree, and and you know I think that. If we just continue the de-
1: destigmatization, if we keep on the same road that we've been going de-stigmatization.
0: on. Destigmatization?
1: Don't talk down to me. Um, that I, think, I said it with a question mark. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I think that uh, there is a state of change. Doesn't that fly in the whole point of the episode if I'm just like, yeah,
0: I just tear you down. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the other thing about men. We get, uh. We've got to be gentler to each other. We do. And we have to realize that. We have to realize that that's okay. You know what one of the worst adages is? Just Be a man
1: yeah and and listen that's its own fucking episode be a man men don't cry real men this and that real men this and that get the fuck out of here
0: it's not that be a man has to go away it's that we have to we have to redefine
1: i say it can go away i'm gonna argue that I well, think that with everybody switching genders and everything, no, I think be a man can go It can't go
0: right away. I think I'm talking about it like a transition. If we're talking about transition, <laughs> you see what I'm doing there? Yeah, I'm that's making good. Transitions. Yeah. We need to redefine it and then eventually it can go away. But yeah, right now it's a nasty term. I think even just the pressure on the statement alone, is a very loaded statement. So, um, everybody just be,
1: just be. It's also know? the
0: name of a movie that comedian Derek Furtado was, uh, was in local comedian there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Be a man. Shout out to yeah. Tato.: Yeah, he used to work with us. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I uh, I'm not on his balls like you, you but. Know. well it's because I worked with him longer than you did.
1: <laughs> I should never be on a man's balls yeah. regardless.
0: You know, if we're... I'm kidding. I suck balls. I I was going to say, you know, we just spent a whole episode talking about being fragile and building men up, and then we just tear each other down.
1: It's not that, guys. Keep this whole thing clipped in. Listen, what just happened between me and Bob is a perfect example of why shit's fucked. Let me take this for a second. Okay. So we share everything, and we're wrong. You got to keep in mind. Me and Bob, we sit across the table. We'll we'll film this eventually, but it's probably going to suck for a little bit until we get a studio. But we look at each other, and we fucking just share some of the realest shit ever. And then the minute we transitioned... We were just, we kind of went to a place because we were vulnerable and we were a little nervous there.
0: Oh, are you saying like a defense
1: nec- mechanism <laughs> yeah. kicked in? Like immediately. And this is, it, here's the thing. I need to get to a place where I can do it without having to follow it up with bullshit. So that's on me. And I think that's on a lot of us. Well, oh, yeah. it's on me too. I agree. Cause I immediately went to like, yeah, fuck you. Let me see some titties. And oh, you I, immediately
0: went to bro. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I went to Chad. Ugh. So, so actually the conversation was nice and this is going to be ongoing with us. I have, you know, I've had a couple stays at hospitals, like we'll have some real discussions over time, but let's mm-hmm. get to know each other. Not and me if involved, we have all it, of you guys, listen,
0: if we have uh, other guests on here, male, female, whatever, if it makes you comfortable, if we if, if I have to do the icebreakers about those dark places, I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. I got nothing to hide. I got no shame. Yeah, no, we're out there, man. It doesn't make me weaker. It makes me stronger. Listen to that. Yeah. It makes me stronger to openly admit that and, and put my trust in other people to tell them these things, let alone on a fucking podcast or in person. It just, I feel like that's very liberating and and powerful. It's empowering. Yeah, to own, like for me, to own my depression and to understand what it is and to talk openly about it. Owning mine is one thing, but
1: man, I love monetizing it.
0: <laughs> oh fuck! Off. That's my website. That was my website <laughs> summed up. All right, I guess. Uh, and on that note, everybody, thank you for tuning in, and until the next, yeah, we'll see you then.
1: We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can hit us up about any problem you guys are having, or if anyone wants the list within that. Night, and right? if we
0: were recording this, we would put the disclaimer on there. If you're having mezzal blah 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 blah. By the way, and no, I hate to minimize it like that. I'm sorry. You jumped in too quick for me. Like I was double talking on
1: purpose, guys. I'm not having a stroke. That it? Oh yeah. Okay. Bye bye.
0: On the next episode of the Xennial Odyssey podcast, Remy and Bobby Rocks discuss... What is today's episode about? I don't want to say filler, but a fun little... Um look back on the effect that horror movies have had on us. That's the ultimate to me is ultimate psychological because it's trauma. You're watching it. You're traumatized. See, I don't consider, I'll be honest with you, and this is, you know, open for debate, but
1: I wouldn't consider rape revenge thriller psychological. Psychological horror needs to be slower. It needs to be more paced to focus on the characters so I can connect with them so that the horror is
0: way more riveting yep. than throwing five good-looking teenagers to be killed. I'm thinking that's the ultimate mandala effect, epitome of like terrible horror movies. But
1: fucking fun, man. Yeah.
0: Even bad horror like right. 976 evil? Evil, yeah. Yeah, come on. That's, that's great stuff. It's, that is not acceptable anymore, and it's yeah. our way to play that out. So that's why I think it's important to talk about, too. I think that it's a fun place to escape to.
1: I'm a little more autistic when it comes to horror than Bobby. Yeah, Bobby's good. way more autistic than me when it comes to movie quotes.
0: Find the XOP on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, our Facebook page, or YouTube. Yeah.